0: Welcome to podcasting stories, insights and interviews from people just like you using podcasts to grow their business and share their message. Podcasting stories is brought to you by your podcast team, where having your own podcast is as easy as being a guest on ours. Find out more at yourpodcast.team. Now, here's your host, Dave Spray. My guest today is Chris Colecourse. Chris is a serial entrepreneur who started his first business in high school. He has started and exited from multiple businesses and continues to identify new business opportunities. He's interested in having two different podcasts, one for his current insurance business and another for a passion project called The Grit Man Club. We go through the podcast scorecard, and he scored 80 out of 96, a, a pretty high score and an indication that he's a pretty good fit for a podcast. We drill down into some of the questions on the scorecard and explored some different ideas around using the podcast. We also talked about the life lessons that he learned from being a member of a college national championship baseball team and his post college baseball career. Chris is a really interesting guy and someone who's just fun to hang out with. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Hi, Chris, welcome to the podcast. Hey Dave. Well, thank you for coming on. I, uh, uh appreciated it's uh, i've wanted to have you on for a while and i'm glad the schedules could finally line up so thanks for having me hey my pleasure so let's start off with i think uh, with the most fun part of the interview i think you were the first guest i've ever interviewed who was a member of a division one national collegiate championship team Unless our our mutual friend Adam, he was not on a winning team, was he? He was yeah. on some good Rice teams after I played, but
1: he probably got to Omaha, but he did not win a national championship. So yeah. honored well, to be your first guest that did that.
0: <laughs> we we'll get well, well. Let's go ahead and uh, fill them in. So where did you you play? Uh, you played baseball at Rice University, right?
1: I did. So I I played three years at Rice. I was very fortunate to be there at the right time uh, made two trips to omaha in 02 we got to go to the college world series didn't turn out as well we were happy to go there but we proceeded to lose to the university of texas and then to notre dame and it was fun we came back after two games so the next year we were uh, had that experience under our belts and went back and we actually uh, won the national championship we beat stanford in the finals in 2003 That's they, they hit me in left field. I was the left fielder, so I was fortunate <laughs> to have some a- amazing teammates.
0: Well, that is that is awesome. Um, the uh, uh, If you can give me one second. I just realized I forgot to turn Do Not Disturb on. Okay. When I said it's like a live radio show, I mean it's like a live radio show. There's no editing, no cutting, uh, nothing. So when you were on that team, you had a nickname, didn't you? Well, it's, it's funny you ask. So I, I created my own nickname
1: uh, based off of a character that I'd heard about when I played one year in junior college that was a hard nosed player. And he always you know, slid into bases hard. He dove for balls. He got hit by pitches. He was kind of a pest, And he called himself Gritman. G-I-G-R-I-T-M-A-N. Okay. And I brought that uh, uh, that story with me to Rice. and. My junior year, which was 0-3, I, I tore a ligament in my left shoulder, and I was a left-handed hitter, and for the life of me, I could not turn on an inside pitch, and so I didn't hit for much power anyway, so I figured I would just stand on the plate, and if the pitcher missed inside a little bit, I would just get hit, and uh, that was as good as getting a single in my, sure. in my mind, and I got on base, which was my role anyway as a leadoff hitter, so fast forward. We were about to go to Omaha. We We'd won the Super Regional and had a few teammates that were awesome guys, but they're the type of friends that you like to needle and kind of get under their skin. And So I would joke with them that I'm the grit man and they need to call me that. And They'd say, of course, <laughs> you aren't the grit man. You don't you don't dip, which is snuff. I never had a taste for uh, that kind of tobacco. But at that time, I had hair and had highlights. I said, There's, you're not the grit man. You take a shower. And I said, all right, we'll make you a deal. If we go to Omaha and win that championship. For the rest of our lives, you have to call me Grit Man. And they had a few beers and we're feeling good. And they said, "Look, if we go win a NASH championship. I'll call you whatever you want." So <laughs> we go, we go win that championship, and I became the Grit Man.
0: Awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, what What about that uh, that nickname and the word grit uh, was attractive to you? What resonated to you about that word? I liked it because I was I'm
1: a smaller guy. I matured late and never got very tall, and so baseball was a good sport for me that I could compete with my physical size. But I always try to be an overachiever and look for advantages and uh, where I could have impact and outwork somebody. And you know, bet on yourself, be resilient, uh, and just so grit. I think is just a a great word and something that the world needs more of rather than
0: less. And I understand that you're actually wanting to. Uh to uh you've got an idea to encourage the development of grit in uh in men is that right I do
1: and and I think it's I think the time's right uh, I mean the marketplace will will tell me if it's a good idea or not my my wife wasn't on board she she seems to be thinking it's a better idea as of the last few days but
0: okay. I think
1: uh, I think there's an opportunity to connect men on a a, a level that you subscribe to certain way of life or philosophy, core values, um, and, and form certain bonds. And so it'll be a men's club. Those out there that been do a men's club that maybe has dancers don't think about, it's not that type of men's club, but it's more like a society. <laughs> think you know, part fraternity, part locker room. If you ever played a team sport, part tailgate, part hunting club, part golf club, blah, and so you combine those elements, uh, but you subscribe to a certain way of life uh, built
0: around grit. I like it. I like it. What? Uh, where do I send my my application for consideration? Okay. Well, you, I got
1: you on the list to be a founding member, Dave. So just uh, okay. When we launch this thing. Just it'll be coming to your inbox shortly.
0: Okay. Okay. So uh, but this helped, though, because I was introduced to you by Adam Traywack, who was a guest on my other podcast, who uh, also played at Rice. And uh, so what about somebody who doesn't have a connection to you that's listening to this, that's interested in learning more? Do you have a a website or anything on it yet or?
1: We we don't. It's in the developmental stages. So right now, a lot of people will probably be introduced virtually. I thought the power of the logo would be important, and so, like a good country club or a good sports team, I wanted a logo that people would be proud of and uh, and happy to display. So I've I've hired a really good designer. We're going through the process. We're we're on our third round of revision. Should have that soon. But okay. then I plan to lo- to launch a a website, a podcast, um, a some social media platforms as well. And then eventually, I think we'll have some brick and mortar. Uh, but it's okay. going to grow by word of mouth and, and probably have different chapters in different cities.
0: Okay, I like it. If somebody is interested in kind of uh, getting on the on the, uh, the pre-release list, what would be the best way for them to reach out to you? So, so my,
1: my personal email is probably the best. So it's gritman, which is G-R-I-T-M-A-N-7 at gmail.com. Ah, uh, did
0: that bother you that there were six six
1: ahead of you? Well, I'm not sure there was so my number in college was seven. And so oh, growing up
0: okay. Growing up okay. I
1: I liked um Craig Bidjo was my favorite player being in, made a native Houstonian and so I always try to pattern my style of play after him. And you know, Bidjo if Bidge, if you're listening, I think you're a grit man as well. And so I'd happy be happy to invite you to be in the gritman club. Uh but then when I went to Rice I was just given seven and so and Mickey Mantle wore seven, uh, so just always liked the number, so that's why. If
0: there's yeah. other six
1: group men out there, I mean, we should invite them to the club.
0: <laughs> we we <laughs> should. Uh, you know, I knew that was Mickey Mantle's number uh, because of a Seinfeld episode that I don't know if you ever saw where, where George wanted to name his kid seven uh in honor of the Mick and his daughter his wife didn't wouldn't have anything to do with it and she mentioned it to her pregnant friend what a as an example of what a horrible idea it was and her friend liked it so they decided to name their child Seven and George was really upset and tried to talk them out of it up until the point that she was going into the delivery room so uh, so yeah that's that's why I know Mick's number off the top of my head so that's, that is great. So uh, Gritman7 at gmail.com if folks want to learn more. So um, let's let's kind of switch gears back to your entrepreneurial business, and we'll kind of come back to the Gritman later. Um, so you seem like a classic uh, serial entrepreneur. So why don't you tell me, what was your first entrepreneurial uh, endeavor that you can think of? Oh, shoot. Uh,
1: I mean, it was probably a little lawn mowing business that i started when i was 12 years old i think uh, i wanted to make uh, some cash money and started mowing my own yard and then picked up a few neighbors and then when i turned 16 and had a car i would uh, went around and got me quite a few lawns and it, it was a great first business to learn how to manage your time customer service sales talk with the homeowners it, unfortunately conflict management at times and mow over a sprinkler and had an angry homeowner and had to <laughs> repair, repair that. Uh, but that was probably the first business. And then summer in high school, a few buddies, we started a, a very random business, thinking back. But it was it was a lot of fun. We didn't make any money, but we, we learned a lot, some lessons the hard way. We had a friend that had a beach house down in Galveston and uh, designed a product to keep live bait alive for fishing, uh, bait well. And okay. Some other homeowners were interested after seeing that product that they created. And so we started a little business and manufactured it, sourced the products and went around trying to sell them out of the back of the truck. And I think fortunately one of us, parent, one of our parents had a gas card that probably helped us fill up. So driving back and forth from Galveston, any profit we made would have been eroded by our fuel expense. So luckily we didn't have to <laughs> incur that. But Yeah. So then you know, fast forward, went to college and, and played a little minor league baseball, and uh, I during that time in life, I, you know, I had a rice degree, and I didn't know the value of it. I, I was confident it was had some value, and uh, playing minor league baseball I was making eight hundred dollars a month, and just kind of felt like I was going backwards in life, and uh, was, was kind of stifled in some ways, and so I I did want to get into some type of business where like I could better use my skill set and connections. So got in the insurance business, had a good mentor, learned the business for five years at a big firm, and then broke off and started my own company. And Cold Course Insurance, grew that, uh, invested in a, another firm as well. That was focused more on the employee benefit side, uh, but grew both of those, exited them, sold them, uh, one to Frost Bank, one to uh, Marsh McLennan agencies start a few other financial services related businesses. So, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know the definition of serial entrepreneur, but I like to uh, meet new people, like relationships and and inform businesses and and serve. And so it's, uh, it's been good.
0: Well, that, that is great. And I love the, uh, I love, I love the stories. So what would you say the biggest lesson you learned from the Baitwell business
1: Pay well business, I guess the first thing is that you you should probably before you, you come out with a prototype and before you incur a bunch of cost, you should make sure there is demand.
0: Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> and and you probably you need to evaluate the size of your marketplace and, and what kind of and, and if a market exists and how much market share you need to go get um, to be profitable. So we had a good product, but there wasn't much demand. It was a very tiny marketplace, but uh, you live and you learn. It was a, I'm glad I learned that lesson at 17 and instead of
0: 40. Yeah. Those lessons at, at that age seem to be cheaper, right? Mm-hmm. Cause you don't have as much money to, uh, to waste. So your mistakes are smaller by, uh, by definition. Right. So, um, well, th- well, that, that sounds great. And, um, so now let's talk a bit about uh, podcasting, and um, and and uh, are you thinking about it for the Gritman business, for your insurance business, both? Uh, what are kind of your? And I'm not asking you to make some, you know, commitment, you know, big uh, lifelong commitment at this point, but I'm just curious, like, what are your preliminary thoughts?
1: I I can see. A couple of different podcasts. Uh, one for the Gritman Club is a, is a tool to create content and to uh, just interview some interesting people that display grit in their life. Uh, not necessarily a celebrity, I guess it could be, or an athlete, but just everyday hard work and Americans and, and bring their story and, and hopefully, I want to say to the masses, but I guess we'd have to get some subscribers. So hopefully a lot of people. Um, so I can see that. Uh, then with my core business, my insurance business, uh, that that business, it's sometimes it's hard to differentiate on product, and so it's service. And you can, but, but it, ultimately, a lot of times you are trying to win ties because someone's making a commitment before they get to experience it. And so, I think the podcast would be a, a neat way to maybe di- differentiate or to create content that's interesting, uh, or or at least maybe possibly open some doors and then if business is supposed to happen, maybe it will, but the door opener piece and create interesting content, I think would be a good tool.
0: Okay. Yeah. I think you're, you're onto something. Uh, Before we go much further though, why don't we, why don't we uh, do a quick assessment and see if you are uh, a good fit. So we, we have a scorecard that we've created for just this purpose. There's eight questions. uh, One to 12 so the top scores in 96, um, don't tell me how we came up with this scaling. It was because 10 questions seemed like too many and, and five was too few. And so we ended up with eight. And so your total score of 96 was 80. So you're actually a pretty good uh, candidate. And for folks that are trying to follow along, you can see the scorecard at your podcast And, uh, Yes, you can take a look at it. And basically, there's eight questions, and each one has four uh, answers uh, that are statements, and they're ranked uh, from one to 12. So for the for example, let's go through the one that you scored the lowest on, uh, and that's podcast listening. And the answers are, uh, I don't listen to podcasts. I'll listen to an episode once a year when someone recommends a specific episode. I occasionally listen to podcasts when something triggers me to do so, or I regularly listen to at least one podcast a month. And uh, your score you gave yourself there was a six, uh, maybe a seven, right? Because you listen to more than one a year, don't you?
1: I do. Okay, it's, just, so. it, it's, it's really been oh, dependent on really if I'm flying or not. That seems to be the time when the plane's not going to have internet. I'll, I'll quickly download a podcast prior to getting on the plane.
0: Okay. So uh, so you gave yourself a, a seven there. And, and just so you know, the reason that question is there is we have found that it doesn't matter what the other scores that people have. If somebody has never listened to a podcast then I can tell them that a podcast is not a good fit. Because just like it'd be like trying to have a, a TV show if you've never seen a TV or watched it, a television. So um, so that's why that, that's on there. And uh, But the fact that you at least uh, uh, listen to some podcasts, you have uh, a podcast player on your phone, you know how to use it. That I would say you meet the the kind of the minimum standard for for that question. so congratulations, uh, good sir you've uh, you've you've met the minimum qualification for that one. Okay. Um, so now let's get to uh, the next question is one uh, that we call keeping in touch and basically uh, and I'm not going to read all these statements out loud, but the question that has That you scored yourself an 11 on is the statement, I don't have content systems or tools to reliably keep in touch with prospects and clients as much as I'd like to. And this, the people that answer this question, hi, this is a really good fit for them. And so so talk to me about um, as opposed to the other end of the scale, which is I send out enough emails to engage with clients and prospects. So tell me how you you ended up in that box um, and you know, why that's the score. Yeah. I I think a lot of sales gurus
1: or relationship gurus will say that you need a defined systematic approach to touching your network every so often and don't and and make it systematic versus leaving it up to chance or when you, Mm -hmm. Oh, I haven't done anything in a while. Maybe I should send out something. So I've tried that, but I think personally what happens is that I, I'm just, I respect people's, I respect the relationship and their privacy and we get so many emails that it wasn't something very relevant. I just wasn't comfortable sending it out Mm and I never wanted to be put into that annoying salesman space, which is easy, you know, selling insurance products or I'm always aware that I may start in that space. And so I don't want to do anything that, uh, would jeopardize or or damage
0: reputation any further yeah and you know what i i hear this so often and this was my exact situation before i launched my podcast a couple years ago for the same reason i'd send out a couple emails a year if there was something that was like real newsworthy that impacted what we did i'd send an email to the whole database people generally you know appreciated it but like you i could never come up with uh, you know, like I talked to a marketing person, they'd say, "Yeah, you need to send an e- out an email a week," and I'm like, "That's 52 emails a year. Like, what the heck do I have that people want to hear from me 50 times, 52 times a year?" And the answer was, I didn't. I mean, at least I didn't think I did. The marketing people said they'll, they'll, you know, we'll, we'll figure out something. But I didn't feel like I had something that was that valuable to email people 52 times a year. And so like you, I I did the same thing. I, I said, I'd rather under email them than over email them. I agree. So, and that's where the podcast comes in because we recommend for our clients that to start with, we recommend they just do one email a month or one podcast a month and then the corresponding email for that. And I can tell you, haven't done a podcast for a couple of years. I've never received a reply from somebody that said your two paragraph email telling me that uh, Chris colcourse was a guest on your show and he's a nice guy and and, and it's worth listening to. I just found that offensive. Uh, nobody ever sent me such an email, and I think it's because oh. it's not annoying. They, you know, the subject line says you know you know new podcast episode with Chris colcourse and and if they want to just read that, I'm like, oh, okay, I know Chris. I don't know Chris. I want you know, want to hear about it. I don't. It's okay. And what we found from our ten thousand contacts that we have, you know, probably ninety uh, percent of them don't read the email, but they, okay. but they, but they read that subject line. And so, and that's not bad because it still gets my name in front of them. It's not annoying. And for folks in Houston, you know, there's some percentage chance that they might know you. And if they do know you and they have a, a positive opinion of you, I now have just enhanced my reputation slightly because, you know, if they know you and they like you and maybe they know you better than they do me, they subconsciously connect us and they think, hey, you know, you know, Dave must, you know, must not be too bad of a guy if, if he knows Chris and Chris was on his podcast. And then if they actually open the email and read it, it's uh, you know, it's it's a short email just saying something like, Hey, had a great call with Chris. He's a serial entrepreneur, uh, you know, on a national championship baseball team. Uh he's really got some interesting ideas. He's he's uh was known as the grit man and he's uh wanting to start a, a group uh, for guys who want to have more grit and the episode's up now if you want to listen to it you know click here you know, it'll it'll say something like that and so we find it's just a great way to stay in touch because it's really funny how many times I'll get a response that's got nothing to do with the episode and they'll say hey I've been meaning to reach out to you about xyz and that email just happened to trigger their memory so does that you know, kind of sound like that would uh, mesh with your thinkings on drip marketing using a podcast. Uh,
1: it sounds sounds genius. And uh, I mean, now's probably appropriate time to let you know, though, that I don't think I'm going to damage your brand when you send that out. But <laughs> I, hope <we> don't, <laughs> I hope we don't get your first opt-out. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> oh,
0: no. No, we've had opt-outs. No, opt-outs oh, okay. are, just, are just part of the game. But as far as anybody going to the trouble to reply and say, you know, you're your podcast is so offensive and your emails announcing it i've never had that so uh well, well
1: there may be one or two people out there that
0: don't like me dave i'm just you know more <laughs> in advance <laughs> okay well that's uh that's those those things happen you can't you can't please them all so uh so let's go to the next uh, question and this one you answered with a resounding 12. and so this one talks about the lifetime value of a client and so you know, the first quadrant is the lifetime value is less than a thousand. The next one is a thousand to ten thousand, then ten to twenty thousand, and then over twenty thousand. So every client is worth at least twenty thousand dollars over the life of our relationship. And you answered that one at twelve, and uh, so so talk to me about that. Yes, yeah, so in my business it's a re- recurrent revenue model, and so
1: your your sales are annually. and so there's a renewal, and and so. It's hard to get clients, and so you want to hang on to them. So the, the lifetime value of the client can be really large if you get good clients and then take care of them because they can pay you for 20-plus you know, years. And so some of my clients, if you're having listen to this, know I don't make $20,000 a year off you, but I hope to do business with you a long time, and, and that relationship will you value the
0: relationship, and it's, it's uh, very profitable over time. Yeah, and and so the reason this matters is, and I think I shared these numbers with you. They're on our website, but if somebody you know wants to use us for a podcast, we charge a thousand dollars is a one-time setup fee. And then we charge seven fifty a month for uh for one episode a month. So you do the math on that, and that comes out to be about ten grand a year, right? I think seven fifty times twelve is nine grand plus a grand. So about ten grand a year. And so the idea is If the lifetime value of a client is is twenty grand or more, that if you did a podcast a month for twenty four months, and you could point to just one client that came from that, then the podcast just paid for itself. So that's the idea. But that that economics a little more difficult if you're selling, um, you know, if you're if if you sell a, a t shirt. Yeah, if you sell donut holes to tourists who you only see one time and then they they go back home, it's a little harder sale. Uh, so, yeah, so that's why that, that question's there. And it's why we find that people who uh, the lifetime value of their clients is high uh, have more uh, value there. And so, does that uh, math kind of make sense to you? Oh, for sure. I mean,
1: that's uh, absolutely. I mean, there's, you know, people ask, what would you be willing to pay for this opportunity? I mean, it depends, but. Uh, when you look at lifetime value, when you look at just relationship building, which is important, you can't have a relationship if you don't get in the door. And so and in my business, it's a long sales cycle. And so I try to meet people and position myself as someone they could trust and potentially do business with. And, and when business is supposed to happen, if it is, and it happens on um, at the right time when, when mm-hmm. they're ready and, and there's a fit. And so, yes, I would think uh, this could. Be a really good tool for that
0: and the other way that and thank you for that and the other way that you could also use this is uh and we do this frequently we'll have uh, at the end of the email we'll have like a ps and we'll actually use the language whenever you're ready you know here's one or two ways we can help you and so uh one of the things that you could do or we could help you with if you want to move forward is we could actually build some kind of a, of a call to action, you know, like a scorecard for them, for example, or some other uh, informational piece, or we could help you, uh, have a book, um, with, you know, the, the 10 things you need to know, uh, about, you know, buying property and casualty insurance, you know, something that would, uh, give them a reason to kind of engage further or said another way, it's kind of a way for people to raise their hand. If if you have a, a free ebook or a guide about something and people decide they want it in a way, they've kind of went from being a, an invisible prospect to a, a visible prospect. So that's something else that, uh, that, that we could perhaps help you with too. Sounds good. So here's a question that's actually not on the scorecard. I need to add it. And this one is also kind of around just helping people. Uh what we find are most people who, you know, have some podcast familiarity and are generally on board with it. Uh they can find an hour a month to 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 do a podcast. Uh, but they still need to, you know financially justify it. So this other question is another way to kind of financially justify it. So do you have any clients that are clients or uh, referral sources that are so important to you that you would spend $750 to entertain them, like to take them on a hunting trip or a golf outing? Do you have any clients like that? I do, Dave. And, uh,
1: well, I'm chuckling because it's funny. My, my daughter was scrolling through my iPhone, looking at my pictures, and I think I had a picture of a receipt that, to document the expense. And said, Daddy, you spent $1,000 on one bottle of wine. And, and I said, well, first of all, don't be going through Daddy's phone. But sure that's, a, that's a really good client. And um, when you get in business and you have good relationships that they help you support your family, you're willing to show your appreciation. So yes, long answer, but but absolutely.
0: Would you say you have at least twelve of those relationships? I do. Okay. So here's why I ask that. I have discovered I've had clients on my other podcast, you know, clients that I've taken golfing, that we've had drinks, we've we've spent a lot of time with them. And I swear the hour they were on the podcast did more to uh, further the closeness of that relationship than everything else we've done, and I think part of it is that you know having us a guest on the show, the focus is totally on them. I'm really showcasing them, their their life. Uh, it's kind of the equivalent of like a of a very biased biography that only you know uh, points out the really good things. You know that's what I do, and then at the end of it, I uh, I always sincerely thank them for their uh you know the, for the opportunity to serve them and you know how much i enjoy uh, working with them and i've got to tell you when you publicly thank somebody like that to you know in theory 8 billion people on earth can you know hear that it uh it really does something and so again i bring that up as uh if if you even if you never got around to hardly sending out any emails announcing the podcast or or you even did like a poor job of that And even if you never got any business from it uh, i think you would find that that just the relationship enhancement of having them as a guest uh you know you might be able to justify the the price how does how does that what's your thoughts on that yeah i i think you're onto something
1: because i find it's getting harder and harder to entertain and so everybody's busy everybody has their own places when we take them hunting well they probably they're successful they want to go to their own hunting lease uh, you want to right. take them golf and they got their own golf club um, and then you want to take a trip well it's away from the biz away from the family which is hard and so I'm that's interesting to hear what you have to say and I I can see it if uh, you spend an hour talking to them you book them you get their time and then you highlight them in a way that makes them look good which is just telling their story
0: mm-hmm. I um, I think you're on to something yeah, that's been my experience. And, and the other uh, kind of secret uh, uh, tip or, or secret weapon of a podcast is I've had guests on a podcast. I had an attorney on a podcast who charges like $1,500 an hour and uh, and hard to get on his schedule unless you're willing to pay him. And he happily came on the podcast twice. He actually was on two different times. Uh, he happily gave me an hour, rearranged his schedule to accommodate mine, never sent me a bill. And he proceeded to email the, his whole database, uh, proudly announcing that, you know, he was, he was now famous because he was on my podcast. So that's kind of another little one too, is just, uh, the people who you might have a hard time getting, uh, in front of them otherwise. But yeah, if you, you, you'd be surprised if you found like, if you just had like a target list of 20, um, like successful entrepreneurs that you'd like to talk to uh, and you've had no luck getting an appointment, you'd be surprised if you reached out and invited all 20 of them to be a guest on your podcast. Uh, I'd be surprised if you didn't, if, if at least one of them didn't say yes. And uh, so that's kind of another little uh, use of it there. I think
1: I could get six. I'd like to at least get six because that would be a 300 hitter, which is good.
0: Sure. sure. You know, it, okay. it depends. Yeah, I, I think it's certainly possible.
1: Uh, it, we'll set it, the bar there.
0: Okay, okay. We'll, we'll we'll set the bar there. You know, and a lot of it is just kind of luck in terms of, you know, if that person you call listens to the podcasts themselves. You know, if you call I know, 20. I, I, people- I was just joking with you. Oh, one, okay. one out of Give 20 would probably, yeah, needling I'm needling you a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, I'll, that's good because I've played team sports. I know, uh, you know, when, when you're being needled, it means that you know that that, that you're you're doing something right.
1: Yeah, okay, I didn't want to be below a two hundred hitter, below the Mendoza,
0: sure. so right. Sure, sure. Well, and and the other thing is just because they don't say yes today uh, to being on your podcast doesn't mean they won't say yes uh, another time. Huh. It's a long term uh, game. Okay, let's go. We're nearing the end of the scorecard. Uh, so guest list. So the 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 bottom one is, I don't know who I would invite to be a guest on a podcast. And then the top ranking question is, I can think of at least 12 people who would immediately say yes to being a guest. And you gave that a 12. So uh, I get the sense it's even more than 12 people. Is it more like 20 or 30 or 50? What's probably your realistic number?
1: Probably. I have a, yeah, I have a list of
0: potential guests that I'm keeping
1: and in- it it keeps growing. And so I think hopefully as you release episodes and you have people that hopefully like it, I'm going to encourage them to recommend potential guests. So I I, I think that shouldn't be a problem at all.
0: Yeah, because the, I think, uh, I've I've had several interviews today and pre-calls and post-calls and, uh, and I forget who I've shared the stat with was, uh, So there's a stat on how many uh, YouTube videos and podcasts and such there are. So let me go ahead and share it for you. And if I've shared it with you already, just uh, humor me, please, for the the audience. So there's uh, roughly 50 billion YouTube videos, uh, 2 billion websites, uh, 600 million blogs, but only 1.7 million podcasts. So podcasts are the rarest of all online content. And of that 1.7, when you drill down, 1.1 million of those folks have not released an episode in the last 90 days. They suffer from what we call podcast fade. It's just kind of drifted away. And so of the remaining 600,000, only half of them have reached the 10 episode mark. So we tell uh, people we talk to, if you can release an episode a month for 10 months, you're in the top twenty-five percent of the rarest form of online content, and if you can release fifty episodes, you're in like the top one percent of all podcasts. And so, if you, off the top of your head, can think of forty or fifty people, uh, you've got a uh, a pathway to uh, you know having something that could be um, you know really uh, turn out to some be something. Uh, had I shared those stats with you before, and if I have. Uh, what's what is that interesting at all to you? You did, and it's
1: very interesting. And I've since shared it with lots of people because I was surprised. Um, and one of my concerns was: seems like podcasts become more popular. I was concerned, has that medium become saturated? And mm-hmm. based off my research and what you've told me, that no, it hasn't. And yeah, I heard- because you have a podcast doesn't mean that you guess, or, or thriving or serious about it. A lot of people launch it, but then get that fatigue and
0: go another direction. Yep, I, I agree. And the, there's a motivational speaker named Jim Rohn. I don't know if you've ever heard him. Uh-huh. And he has a saying that the higher the barrier, the lower the competition and uh and i think that's proof that proves out with those podcast stats because the barriers to entry are higher than the other options i mean i've never posted a youtube video but i'm pretty sure i could figure it out in about five minutes and you know on my iphone and get it posted and up and live and i'm pretty sure i could start a blog without a lot of trouble but podcasts are so much more uh complex there's so many pieces and then You have to actually get on the all the platforms and uh uh, so yeah there's just there's a lot going on and for every podcast that was launched there's probably 100 more that people wanted to launch but just you know could never get past those barriers yeah you could you could do a youtube
1: video pretty easily i figured it out back in the day my first company I took most of them down because they're embarrassing, but I left <laughs> one up, one of them up because it's good to laugh and teach you a lesson. Like I think humor is important and being able to laugh at yourself. So there's one, if, if you get on there and look, it's me and me and the guy. He actually worked for me. That he's the one that um, I like to get under his skin about being the grip man, Dandy Bella. So you'll see, that video is still up there, and it's totally embarrassing. And I've almost taken it down about 100 times, but somebody will – Send me a text and be like, hey, I saw your video up there. and Hey, maybe there's no, what is it saying? No good advertising or publicity. Not no sure no fits, bad. But it's good. Yeah, no, bad. No, bad. Yeah. No, bad. no bad. No bad. That's what I meant. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's good for a while. So anyway, yes. Um, but I don't have a podcast and I, I even have YouTube videos. So your stats, are, at least in my case, seem to be correct.
0: <laughs> well, that's awesome. So we're down to our last two questions here. So this one is called uh, Do What You Love. And the the bottom score is, is I don't like talking with people. And the top score is I enjoy talking with people one-to-one, understanding more about their situation, and helping them better understand my subject. And you gave yourself a 12 there. So first off, did the, the first statement, the bottom statement, does that kind of surprise you that anybody would answer, I don't like talking with people? Or have you actually met some people like that that are just... Uh, kind of back office types. There's there's some introvert, some people, some engineers, some uh, technical folks.
1: Heck, my wife, I think she could go all day with not talking to someone and be perfectly fine. But uh, we, uh, I like to be around people. It uh, it charges my batteries, but for her it drains them. So mm-hmm. we're, we're all different. But I I do enjoy meeting new people. I'm inquisitive. I'm just curious and and like to ask
0: questions. So that's why I scored that high. Well, good. And then the last one here is on outsourcing. And this one's a little bit self-serving, but uh, but it also you know it is uh, it's here to figure out if people are or if we're a good fit for someone. So the bottom quest statement is, I believe in keeping everything in-house because it is the most cost effective way to do things. And then the upper end is, I'm laser focused on our core competency and outsource everything else." Now, on that one, you give yourself a nine, which is the high side of the question below it. I look to outsource most activities that are not our core competency, but sometimes do things in house when the cost differential is high. So, you can probably guess why I've got that in there, because if somebody is not a fan of outsourcing, then they're probably not going to be interested in outsourcing their podcast. So, um so podcast, does that sound like something that that falls into something you guys would want to do in-house, or is that something if you do it that you probably want to outsource it? Probably outsource. And i mean, I've, I
1: I do some things in-house that we can or make sense, but if there's somebody that has a model already built um is quicker to market, knows the ins and outs, then I see value in outsourcing.
0: Okay. Well, like I said, your your score was an eighty, which is uh, which makes you a pretty good a pretty good uh fit. So that's uh an eighty that's an eighty on a ninety-six point scale, right?
1: There's no hundred in this test. Correct. So that's so really
0: the equivalent like of like an, an eighty three or something. 80, yeah. 84. yeah, okay. Yeah, so it's exactly. it's a solid B. It's a it's a solid B. It's exactly right. It is a solid B. So um what I'd like to do, kind of with the little bit of time we have left, and uh, is just talk about uh, uh, like any questions you might have, maybe some brainstorming ideas on how you might use the podcast either for the gritman company or for your uh, your insurance businesses uh, what uh, what questions do you have for me what uh, what thoughts do you have?
1: I don't I would say that this has been very helpful you having me as a guest because uh, just uh i got to see the process and it's folks i'll tell you it's pretty simple um you we talked with dave a little bit in the beginning uh, and kind of talk about an agenda it's it's pretty loose and we've gone a few different directions a couple times during this but then there's a a call-in number and i'll i'm not sure what happens after this i'll get to see it but i guess you'll probably record some kind of opening or closing uh, but I would say this has been very helpful to have me on to experience it for myself. kind um, of dipping my toe in the water so I, I appreciate you having me.
0: Well my uh, my pleasure that's what this uh, new podcast is for is to uh, uh, for people who who currently have a podcast used to have a podcast or considering one so it's a way to to uh, to learn more. Well, with that, um, let me just uh, repeat your email address, which, by the way, I don't think I'll ever forget it now. Uh, gritman7 at gmail.com. Uh, Chris Colcourst, uh, former uh, professional baseball player. You were paid 800 a month, so that that qualifies. Uh, right, that re- member of a national championship baseball team, uh, has a degree from a, a, a well-regarded university rice university and uh and a general fun guy to to be around so uh please uh you know after you call adam give me a call let me know when when Gritman club is ready to launch okay hey you'll be
1: one first to know hopefully pretty soon though. that logo should be ready soon all right sounds good hey have a
0: great day chris okay Dave, thank you bye and there we have it another great episode don't forget to check out the show notes at www.podcastingstories.com. This podcast is brought to you by your podcast team. If you have ever considered having your own podcast, head over to www.yourpodcast.team to learn more about how they can help you. That's it for this episode. Have a great week and we'll talk to you next time.